You're listening to Free Association. Today my guest is Michael Girard of Swans and Angels of Light. He founded the band Swans in the early 80s in New York City. They went on to become one of the most uncompromising bands in new music. His new record is called The Beggar. We talk about the new record, the musicians he's working with now, performance, rehearsals, recording, and much, much more. Stay with us. You're listening to Free Association right here on WZBC. Hey, hey, 
I recently read this book by Nick Cave and the writer Sean O'Hagan. It's a book of conversations, and they were talking about live performances. They were talking about, well, what are the most memorable live performances? Nina Simone came up. Of course. Of course, right. Speaking of Nina Simone, absolutely no histrionics whatsoever. Oh, right. Total commitment to the song and the music. Absolutely. Like Sinatra, same way. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really true. Nowadays, it's all explosions bling and you know dancing around but uh if you look at i mean i i never saw her live but if if you look at live videos of her performance she's just sitting there singing and it's just utterly enthralling because well first of all she's so amazingly i don't even talent doesn't even describe what she is was but um yeah she's just a, a vortex of uh human possibility she's incredible Sing, 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 cause I would know
there was a very small list of bands, but an artist, but Swans was on that list. And, and Swans shows up on a lot of people's lists, mine, mine included. I've seen Swans a number of times now. And it's always so, so compelling. But I'm looking at I'm looking at this list of dates and I'm thinking, how is this possible? Because I remember seeing Swans and, and watching Phil Puglio and just thinking he's just pummeling these toms for like 20 minutes. You know, how is he doing this? And so I guess the question is, how do you or the band or both prepare for an undertaking like this? And, and you know, there's physically, mentally and also musically. Are you changing the set or are the songs so malleable? I see you do a lot of conducting that you can the songs can change every night how do well, they you don't, begin they to... don't change radically every night mm -hmm. uh over the course of a tour they change incrementally uh you know sections certain sections are open-ended and i or someone else usually me i guess well, well here's a potential in something that we did the previous night and i'll say oh let's expand that mm -hmm. and then it expands and then in the previous iteration of swans the one that was 2010 to 2018 or 19 i guess whatever it was um that those sections would become a new song <laughs> and then we'd play on that and i'd sing some gibberish for three or four shows and finally i'd get some words and then it would become a whole new thing that then we then we record so it's like this sort of slow motion extended improvisation you know <laughs> yeah that uh because we don't really we improvise but it's we we have a, a template there, but we improvise within it, I guess you could say. And the goal is always higher, you know, go higher. Right. Raise, raise uh, keep rising, rising, rising. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that with volume, but it's just through some ineffable thing that uh, with the combination of our sounds and I guess the way I hector things on and, and my singing and things just rise. Sometimes they're flat and rote, you know, of course that happens. But other times it just keeps going and it's kind of, except for the, you know, love of my children, I guess I'll say to be sentimental. It's the, what I live for. And um, that's really something. Uh, as far as how we do it, I don't know. Let's do it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's its own energy. It's, yeah. I started out this tour, uh, well, the rehearsals for the tour, and I thought, I don't know how the hell I'm going to do this uh, physically, you know, because I'm almost 70. And um, we started rehearsing. I felt a little better. And then after three or four shows, I felt, I don't know, 20 years younger. Wow. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just something about uh, the positive life force <laughs> that flows through the music that animates us all. And that's how it's done. I remember when when Swans um, revivified, I think that was the word you used, uh, you know, you you made a you made a statement saying I want to I want to do I want to feel that feeling before my body breaks down. I'm not suggesting that you're at that point yet, but but that I, even at my age, I mean, you know, it feels like running a music, it's the musical equivalent to running a marathon every night. Yeah. <laughs> but but maybe you're right. Maybe it, it becomes a life force and it's invigorating in and of itself. Um, yeah yeah that's that's fascinating i mean there's certain people that at, as they get older do it with dignity uh the rolling stones would not be one of them um <laughs> but bob dylan would be I mean, he yeah. just doesn't give a f you know he's bob dylan so <laughs> yeah <laughs> no he right. does what i please what he pleases but yeah. uh yeah I mean, he continues to not always of course but he continues to churn out amazing music uh it's pretty impressive and he's constantly touring yeah too, at that age which is amazing yeah yeah but i imagine his situation is a, a little more uh convivial than than mine not that we're in the back of a van anymore but <laughs> right <laughs> i wanted to talk about the the recording process and using the studio as an instrument i think i just want to start with giving our our, our listeners a, a little bit of a um an insight into into working with you i learned a lot on that on the a couple times we recorded and i'll never forget this at one at one point i think it was on my father will guide me i brought in a bunch of trumpets and i had a slide trumpet you know you you said okay lay down some tracks and it was i think it was layers octaves layers of octaves and, and you said okay we're going to record this double speed i think it was double speed i said where is he going with this you know <laughs> and and then i i I laid down some tracks, and then you played it back. And, and to this day, 
that track, I think it's the first track, No Words, No Thoughts. It sounds like B2 bombers, you know, flying <laughs> over a city. I would never have come up with that in a million years. That's such, such a brilliant idea. After that, I thought, you know, I was when I started recording, I was always told, you got to be a, like Alfred Hitchcock. You got to storyboard everything out, write everything out. You don't have a lot of time in the studio. You know, you're, you're going to be hemorrhaging money and you need to have everything, you know, all your ducks in a row. So you go in and pound things out. And after working with you, I really changed that approach. And I was more of a Cassavetes kind of like, let's improvise, <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's experiment, let's try things. And it's just so much more organic when you do that. Can you talk to that? Like just being open in the studio, allowing accidents to happen. I feel like that's such an important. Well, that's what I thing. live for is the accidents. Yeah. Right. I, I love accidents and I love, yeah. um, things happening that I didn't expect. I, I would be much less interested in what I'm doing if everything was as I had expected. Down from when I, after I've written the song and I sit down with the group of people I'm going to be recording with and we start rehearsing, um, at that moment, I have lots of preconceptions about what I want, but I'm elated when people surprise me and come up with something else. And uh, then I go with that. And... Um, <laughs> It's always just being open to what's happening now and what has urgency and has some kind of reality to it. Because the last thing I want to do is just recite a pre preordained idea. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, that does take time, though, and it costs money. <laughs> right, right. It takes more time in the studio. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I remember after that, I brought in, I, I, I was working on a record and I brought in this great violinist, Carla Kilstead. And I just said, just, I don't, I didn't give her any sheet music. I said, just, just play around with these songs, you know, and she brought in a nickel harper and a bass harmonica. And it just, it gave the songs this whole mystery. And, and that was just so, such a great idea. Um, and I think you've talked before about, you know, casting in terms of, you know, bringing in the right people that can do that. You know, they're not they're not yeah. necessarily the most skilled. I'm not some skilled musician, but, you know, there was some kind of connection we had. And and, and I think that that's something I've also used. I, I don't I don't care about bringing in skilled Virtual. musicians. Right. I, I mean, they have to be able to make a sound correctly. But right. Um, I mean, it's a cliche to say that too much knowledge is an impediment, but or too much skill is, is an impediment. But uh, it can be. And um. On the other hand, you know, I'm working with really talented musicians. Larry Mullins is yeah. uh, like a musical genius, really. I mean, he can play, plays keyboards, he plays drums, he plays vibraphones, he plays timpani. Wow. He's a totally trained musician. He was in the symphony, um, I think it's the Knoxville Symphony at a very young age. Really? Was, I didn't know he was, that. He's uh -huh. a prodigy, yeah. Uh -huh. I knew, I've, seen him, I've seen him with Bad Seeds live. And yeah, he, played, and he, he, walked, being, he goes around and plays all the instruments. Yeah, we ended up being Iggy Pop's drummer. You know. Oh wow. wow. <laughs> There's a, uh, but he's also open to improvisation, and um, we all it takes a while, but um, yeah, every everybody improvises, I guess, but not outside the the world of the song, you know. And it's not about the player. It's about moving the sound forward or out or up. Yeah, you should. Let's talk about the band for a minute, because the band is a little different than what you had with Thor and Norman. You brought in Dana Schechter and 
who I've loved her work as well. And I, I remember her work on the Angels of Light record records. And no, the reason for Dana, yeah. the reason for Dana is I kept running into her at shows. Okay. And I really love Dana, you know? Yeah. And I thought, oh, why isn't Dana in the band? So Dana's in the band now. <laughs> because wow, great. it wasn't about, well, Dana's a great bass player. She is a great bass player, but it wasn't that. It was just her presence. And everybody does their job great, but it's about uh, who they are as people, yeah. as, you know, not their personalities, but just their essence and their ability to commit total 100% to the sound. But I'm sorry, you asked about the various musicians. Well, that's Dana. Um, and Chris is uh, an incredible bass player. Uh, but he's also willing to let me undo what one might expect him to do, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's very respectful of uh, where the music needs to go. And um, he has a increasing uh facility for making sounds as well as just playing the bass he's, he's using a lot of loops live and playing nice. this little uh weird japanese keyboard thing that you play on keys but it hits strings i don't you might even know what it is it's a strange exotic sounding thing he's mm. playing that as well wow and making loops and things and dana's making loops and playing lap steel as well as bass and christoph of course is uh his own sound machine with his uh, lap steel. <laughs> right. He's his own world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He creates yeah. all, all uh, tsunamis of sounds. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and Phil, as you mentioned, is uh, a really skilled drummer, but also just totally committed to uh, uh, finding the heart of things. So it's a great group to have right now. Yeah. And two bass players is, you know that's a unusual thing but maybe it just came out of you know i guess dana's her vibe yeah. is, is great and let's let's bring her in yeah yeah so we i mean we you know of course one might do uh, an octave up and another down or but she's not always playing bass um chris is pretty much always playing bass or some loops but uh, she's okay often playing lap steel and will come in with a bass at another point but i've been thinking re recently like why dance around the subject you know they try to find a, a, a space uh, in frequency for them both to play and be heard. Why not? I, I may start to, um, in future material that we'll be working up on tour, have them play exactly the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Because <laughs> it'll, yeah. be, it'll be uh, off a little bit and it'll sound yeah. awesome. But I started out Swans with two bass players, myself being one of them. Oh, I didn't, I know, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I remember, you know, if you listen to Walk on the Wild Side, that's two basses. It's it's a it's electric and acoustic, and it's such a cool sound because they're not like you said they're not they're not playing together, <laughs> really. I have to listen more closely to that. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah, wow, it's, it's a great record. Vibe. I said, "Hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side," and the colored girls say, "Do do 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 Speaking of of Dana and you know, I'm hearing one of the rec two of the records I really love of yours are these Angels of Light records, um, Sing Other People and We Are Him. And you know, I'm hearing I'm hearing a little bit of Angels of Light in in this new record. There's a lot of group vocals. Paradise is mine. There's on unforming, which is you kind of strip down, yeah. and then there's that that beautiful duet with Jennifer on uh, Michael is done, and. And I'm wondering if if um, if if you're if you're maybe coming full circle or you're more interested in 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 the voice or the quiet the choir, and that's where this is coming from. Or am I just reading too much into this? Um, well, I mean that's my history. You know, Angels yeah. of Light is part of my history, so it's a part of the palette I can draw from. But um, I don't know. I mean, the the record came about. Um, 
instinctively as always what does this song need and um it just developed it seemed organically as according to what was necessary or what should be left out even mm-hmm. um i i wouldn't have made these those songs you mentioned with the previous uh version of swans true although i didn't we did make some soft songs softer songs right. as well but yeah but um i don't know i'm just uh always grappling for a new way to make sounds that seem like they create a world and are compelling. That's all. Right. Now my coat is done Stripped bare of pretense soaking his sheets while counting insects he's a grid on the sun he's the hate in the love every hole is a leak when Michael does speak but my on his tongue his words are burnt meat to muscle and red now my coat will cloak every raft in his moat to speak is to choke to leave is to come when the other has come, then my girl is done, 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 is done.
lands He is breaking his hands Growing wings from his back Michael sinks in his sack When Michael is gone Some other will come When the other has come Then Michael is done, 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 is done. I'm also, on the other hand, there there are pieces like The Beggar Lover, which kind of reminds me of Look at Me Go. I remember working on that piece with you. Um, Well, that's, that's that's why the reason it does is because yeah. that's this would be the third installment in the uh, body lovers idea. I see that was, that was body lovers number one of three. Look at me go would have been two. Oh and this wow! Three. That's okay. why it's called the beggar lover three. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Right. So it's a way of working with sound that uh, you know is a sort of side interest on on, on my part, um, and that is taking um previously extant sounds like from records i've made for instance so on that piece it draws from the last three swans albums i think four swans albums and i take sections that i think could be expanded upon and then there's uh other things from the current album and then there's found sounds uh just field recording type things home recordings uh then we overdubbed upon all of that mess, uh, kind of strung it together in a trajectory that made sense. I, I had hundreds of sound sources. We didn't use them all, of course, but hundreds. And we, uh, Ingo Kraus, the engineer, and I developed this linear trajectory of how things should go. And then we started delving back into it and created dynamics and overdubbing on it and slowly building it up through intuition and made this one long piece out of it. I don't know, I'm just interested in that sort of thing.
Yeah, I, I love that piece. It almost sounds symphonic. You know, there's these movements and the same thing with Look At Me Go is one of my favorite tracks on that that record. But it 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 does kind of imply a possible new direction. There's large swaths of instrumental sections. Um that may be the way I'll yeah. go in on the next one's album. I'm not yeah. quite sure, but um uh I've written a couple of new longish songs, one of which is already in the set. But I may shy away from um, songwriting per se and, and work more within the uh, kind of sculpting sound area of things. Yeah. You know, I guess I'm cognizant of the fact that there's not too many records in me. And so I want to make them as uh, as meaningful as I possibly can. Right. So there's not, there's not much time to just Twitter about, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I want to talk about another thing that came to mind was articulating complex ideas in rehearsal and and recording and i often struggle with this myself as not a i didn't go to music school <laughs> most of my the rest of my band is very trained and so a lot of times i struggle with with uh are, are trying to articulate what's in my head and yeah. and i think I remember watching the Swans documentary and there's a, which is great, by the way, there's a scene in there where, where there's a rehearsal and there's an argument ensues and you're trying to communicate something. And I think Chris is saying, well, I'm playing it that way. And you're saying, no, play it again. <laughs> you know, and there's, and then he storms out and I, and I saw, you know, I really identified with you in that scene because I understand when you're trying to, there's something in your head and it's, it's not getting across. Yeah. And, and how do you, how do we, you know, or band leaders in general, how do we articulate complex ideas? Because I think listeners don't, if they're not, if you're not a musician, it, it's very difficult to understand. It's hard to communicate sound. It's, it's yeah. there abstract ideas. Um, can you talk to that a little bit? Because that's something that's just always a struggle, I think, for me. Well, I have learned through lots of blood and guts experience over the years uh to try to be less uh dictatorial and emphatic uh i don't know that on that clip from the movie you're talking about i don't know that i was particularly dictatorial i guess i was just adamant that i wanted something right but i i, I wasn't articulating it clearly but um now i kind of let things grow and then kind of guide them more gently and have faith in the power of the ensemble you know mm -hmm. and um you know i definitely still guide things uh, not in some kind of you know like a maestro way or anything but um i definitely guide things but uh i depend on the sensibilities of people i'm working with much more than i would have in the past Mm -hmm. um we all have a common goal and that goal is ecstasy <laughs> and it it gets ecstasy through sound you know and how do you get that and uh sometimes it's just through hammering the same thing and finally it bleeds and opens up you know and new sounds arise out of that one sound wow wow you know of course the uh charlemagne palestine record uh strumming music I don't know that record. I know the artist, the organist, and amazing yeah. pianist. Um, yeah, organist, pianist, uh, vocalist. Actually, he, he was sang in his. Uh, I don't know if you call it a choir in um, synagogue, but um, there's this record. Is it was his most famous record early on. Is he's sitting um, between two Bosendorfs, I guess, and he's just playing these cycles, one with each hand. Mm. Very simple. And gradually, it just builds and builds. And it's not that he gets particularly frenetic or complex, but the sound just grows and grows and grows. And eventually, you're hearing these uh, overtones, which are just choirs of angels over the whole thing. And it's just utterly beautiful. It's utterly beautiful.
um, you think it's like you know with uh, tube and throat singers, you think of what is that? What is that flute sound? <laughs> yes, it's, the, it's like a second voice, a doubled voice. Yeah, yeah. but it's like that. It's like a, yeah. another. It's another voice that's rising from the instrument, and I guess mm. on the you know certainly on the larger sex, sections of the material, that's kind of what we're looking for is that phenomenon to occur. I, I remember working another another. I want to share another experience. I don't know if you remember this, but on another track, um, you you're talking about articulating complex ideas it was a it was a there was an instrumental section and you wanted something um something dirty and i think that was the word you used and you you actually brought up i think it was some kind of cow slaughter or water buffalo um animal sacrifice and you had seen some video of some uh event where they had dozens of trumpet players bleeding out bleating out this this sound and that was the image you gave me uh before i started well, that playing was a, a, that was a hermann hermann niche performance yes that's right that's what it was that's what it was yeah 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 amazing yeah he was a, he was a non-musician that made music to accompany his uh performances which involved slaughter and all kinds of wow transgressive kind of things but um, I'm not as infatuated with him as I was. But yeah, that was it was just this tremendous onslaught of sound that he accomplished. Yeah. And the visual, I was going to ask you about visual, because it seems like a lot of your music is so cinematic. And, you know, you're that that idea was so visual. Are you are you thinking about uh, are you thinking about visual ideas as your is that a component? Are you are you doing that with the band or, you know, I want, you know, shimmering, shimmering sounds here. Like um, I want some pink here on top of the shark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just feels like, you know, a lot of this stuff is so cinematic. And I remember one of the great things about following swans, by the way, if listeners should follow swans because there's so many great recommendations of films and books. And one of the one of the uh, the recommendations I got from you was this movie oh, yeah. come, come and see which i i picked this up at the library because it's the criterion collection it has all these uh great uh special features um i saw the movie the first time i was just so disturbed by it and then i saw it again i, I, I kept seeing it. it's one of my favorite movies now but the, there's a beauty there and there's a horror there and and i the only thing i can compare it with is is swans uh the music <laughs> equivalent of swans is sort of there's a beauty there's a horror and it's this beautiful combination. And, and I'm, you know, I, I guess, I guess to, to me, I, I guess there's not really a question It's more of, you know, the uh, film is obviously an influence for you. And I'm just curious if you, if you're thinking about um, soundtracks or soundtracks for the blind, which is, mo you know, large instrumental, it sounds well, like yeah, a I mean, score, it, right? That, it's uh, certainly that uh, beggar lovers piece is soundtrack. Yeah. That's right. That sounds like a score for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, for the uh, movie "Come and See," there's there's another great movie in the same subject matter, which is probably a um, well, who knows? But it's probably a better movie. Is Ivan's Childhood by uh, Tarkovsky? Have you ever seen that? Oh, I haven't seen that. His first uh -huh. movie. Wow. wow, it's less ponderous than the later ones, which are quite beautiful, but they require some patience. Um. But it's uh, also pretty moving about the same subject. Yeah, the director mentioned Ivan's childhood in the special features. Oh, he did. It's funny you brought. Yeah, it was as an oh, okay. influence. Yeah. So yeah. It's, okay. It's interesting. Yeah, that but, movie's. Yeah. I've I've seen that. Uh, uh, come and see. I've probably seen it four times. It's just utterly devastating. It is. Yeah. And uh, the problem I I read a lot about that era, and the problem is is that it's uh, pretty realistic. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> right. That's the issue, right? He didn't make this stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Right. I yeah, mean, you know, he had to get it through Soviet censors, and it was—it's kind of a Soviet propaganda movie. But at the same time, it's great. It's really good art. Right. But it is—it's—it's. Uh, it's, there's a lot of truth in that movie, unfortunately. There's a beautiful, beautiful cinematography. The sound design is incredible. Yeah. Uh, just, just amazing. But yeah, I, I do hear a filmic a filmic influence um, in a lot of this stuff, and especially, um, you know, I think you you also mentioned Scott Walker recently, and 
and he's someone who had such a a, a career that really went from A to Z, and yeah. you know, and and he's he he. Rem, it's funny what you brought that up, brought him up because he reminds me. I watched the 30th Century Man, and a lot of what he was saying sounded like talking with you. He would say things like, "There's this enormous terror that I'm not going to get it right." <laughs> <laughs> and you know and in talking with you over the years you know it's like well you say oh i didn't i can't listen to that record there's too much reverb and there's this constant there's this he's unsettled he's dissatisfied he's insatiable but but maybe that's propelling you forward right in in some way um i, I guess it must be because uh i mean i can't listen to the new record for instance it's just wow wow to me it's a colossal failure <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable I mean, I, I have to say, I, I I identify with that too because you listen to it so so much as you're working on it, and then you go back and you hear just hear the mistakes. You know? um, so I kind of get that. Why can't it sound like Pet Sounds? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, this is so unusual. You never hear artists say that. You you just this is just such a breath of fresh air for any artist to hear because we everyone feels that way they never say it in the in in press interviews you know? <laughs> but, but you know but everyone uh, feels yeah. that way right yeah well i i, I suspect may, may, i don't know maybe i'm wrong but yeah i don't know these days god knows if there's any truth anywhere but uh yeah i'm just looking forward to the next thing and um we start we have a day's rehearsal tomorrow before we start touring and then we're off and running Wow. Thanks. Thanks for coming in and, and, and doing this. It's great to talk to you. Sure. To Can you send you me uh, this, uh, this uh, Moondog thing you're talking about? Oh, yeah. 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 This is a if you could uh, send it. Uh, just send it digitally. I'd appreciate it. I will. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have another show and tell here. Remember this this record here? The, 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 um, it's I, it's I raining. To it's raining yeah. today. I mean, I, I was just reading that Wally Stott, who Scott Walker worked with an arranger named Wally Stott mm -hmm. and Wally Stott was the one who translated that the, basically the, the shimmering rain on the leaves and Wally Stott came up with that dense chord of that. That string arrangement is just so brilliant on that. Um, yeah. You, you mean that cycling thing that's underneath his vocal? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's that reminds me of this part Larry played on his Farfisa. Um, this is the opening for an Angels of Light song. I can't remember which one, but yeah, I like that a lot. It's raining today And I'm just about to forget That wonderful day we met She smiles through the smoke From my cigarette It's raining today But once there was summer and you And dark little rooms And sleep in late afternoons Those moments descend On my I've hung around too long Listening to the old landlady's hard luck stories You out of me, me out of you We go like lovers To replace 
I'm just now delving into Scott Walker for the first time. Wow. Uh, I, I've heard things and, you know, respected them and liked them, of course, but yeah. I just never had the time or the commitment, the potential for commitment to really get into his work. So I've just concentrated on him, not the Walker brothers yet. I'll go back to that later. And I'm going through the first four solo ones right now, and then I'll get into the 80s, more experimental things. Um, I've, I heard a few of those and I, I didn't like them at the time, but I think I will now. And um, so I'm just taking it slow, but I definitely want to understand him and experience him because it's quite joyous. It's beautiful. It is. It's one of, yeah. he's one of my favorite artists. The singing, the singing is amazing. And the arrangements, everything is just incredible. But yeah. uh, so anyway, I'll see you around, Brian. And thank you yeah. very much for doing this. Thank you. And contact me and we'll get you into one of the shows in Brooklyn if you want to come. That'd be great. All right. Have a good tour. Thanks very much. Take care.
You were mine. You were mine. 